Hey guys, bonus episode of the Joshi Pod. Very happy to welcome a guy with a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful name and a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful podcast. Welcome to the show, Eric Peralta, the wrestling enthusiast, enthusiastic reviews. Welcome to the show, Eric. Hey, uh, how you doing? Thank you very much for inviting me over here. Oh, my, my pleasure. Because uh, I want to let my friends be your friends, be everybody's friends. So uh, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's really, right, right, right. I love it. It's real important for me to, uh, on my way out the door, to to uh, talk to some people before uh, before I call it a day. Yeah. So Eric, let's uh, talk about your wrestling fandom. Uh, let's first. I should always ask this first. Where where did you grow up at? Um, actually, I grew up. I was born in Monterey Park. Uh, that's actually not. I know you guys. Are, you're from San Diego, right? Yep. Yeah, I was L.A. I was an L.A. baby. <laughs> yeah, near the San Gabriel Valley. Um, I was I was born in Monterey Park, moved into the east side of Los Angeles. I was in uh, I grew up uh, Montebello half the time, kind of moved, went back and forth a little bit. And right now I currently live in uh, Marietta. So that's just about halfway San Diego, halfway towards L.A. So Marietta being a thousand degrees. It was like 116 about a month ago at one point in time. I couldn't even record any content because of that. It was yeah, it's terrible up there. Yeah, yeah, it was hot. <laughs> my, my job Please. might be moving to Temecula pretty soon, so I'll be up that way. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, we'll be next door neighbors. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so tell me about how your wrestling fandom started. How did you get into wrestling? Well, to be honest with you, I've actually been watching this since I was a little kid. Um, I was actually uh, like very intrigued during the Hulkamania era, like the, the, the very latter years. Like I was three years old when I first started and that was like back in 1991. And like, I was just watching professional wrestling ever since then. And I always, I always liked it when I was a kid. And um, I've always liked the whole, the, the enthusiastic characters that are all around and uh, the gimmicks that were going on, you know, everyone's so pumped up, so pumped up and energetic and all that, like the ultimate warrior. And of course you got, Randy Macho Man Savage, it was like, I, and of course you got Hulk Hogan, and then of course that was around the time when um, Brett the Hitman Hart started pump started coming out, and then uh, you had Shawn Michaels coming out, The Undertaker, and um, I just I was really intrigued by you know, all the wrestling characters that were going on fighting in that ring. It was almost like a real life superhero thing for me. So you were a Hulkamaniac, huh? Yes, I was. <laughs> I was a Hulkamaniac for a while, you know. I mean, I still am to this day. I mean, but you know, like I said, I was just I've always I always loved the the sport of professional wrestling. So did you just watch WWF only? Well, at first, yes, because like I figured oh, it was the only one that's been going on. You know, I wasn't really aware of WCW till like around nineteen ninety seven. And mm-hmm. then like around that time, because uh, I didn't really have cable. And I couldn't really keep track of so much that was going on in the wrestling world. So I just couldn't. They're, they used to show a lot of WWF programming, like, uh, like I think it was like on Saturdays, like around 12 o'clock noon, like after mm-hmm. the Saturday morning cartoons, they used to show it. They used to show it on Fox. And um, I think uh, there was like a one hour program. They had a few matches here and there. And then they talk about the in your house pay-per-views. And then like after like mid 96 or something, that just disappeared out of the blue. And I couldn't find it on my TV. <laughs> so, and like I said, I didn't have cable, so I didn't know where, where to watch. And then all of a sudden, WCW started popping up. And I remembered all the old legends coming out, like Hulk Hogan and Randy Savage and stuff. They just started Ric Flair 
And, you know, I, I just remember that they all started popping up in that show. And I just, you know, I wasn't really too much of a fanatic to WCW, but at the same time, I, I liked it. I didn't hate it. I liked it. So, so it was really fun. Was your family watching? Is that how you caught it? Or just you just happened to catch it on TV? Actually, my brother, my brother was actually watching it at one point in time because he, he kind of, my brother, you know, he's like 10 years older than I am. He was around during the, during the 80s. So he kind of knew what was going on. He's, he's the one that kind of saw the Andre the Giant Hulk Hogan thing that was happening back then. And of course, you know, at the peak of Hulkamania, that was around that time that yeah, he actually was. In, and um, he, I remember too, when we were kids, like he always, uh, we always used to jump around the bed a lot. And then he could come up and, you know, start wrestling, you know, you know, just play wrestling and just start like, you know, bouncing around the bed. And he's like, look at this, the WWF champion. He calls me the barbecue bandit. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but, you know, I guess because I was, a, I was always a big kid. <laughs> I was going to say, you know why. Uh, barbecue <laughs> bandit yeah i was like you know, i was like, talking about cheeseburgers all of a sudden what the heck <laughs> but anyway yeah that's, that's how we were just always intrigued with the wrestling world i mean at least i was my my brother not that much but me no i get to say i'm still i still love professional wrestling to this very day so your brother doesn't watch anymore uh, he's kind of a busy body now he's always like he has a family now. He has two kids, and he's married. He got married married two months before the pandemic started. So, oh wow! And I was the best man. I was his best man at his wedding uh, back in January, and you know, and then we we start thinking about it right now, and we're thinking, man, we're just just right in time too, mm -hmm. you know, right in time. It was a perfect time to do it. Real, real good timing. Yeah. So, when did you or have you discovered the indie wrestling in, in Southern California? Um, I always knew that there was rest, indie wrestling going on. As a matter of fact, it's, well, it's, it's, to put a long story short, um, right when my mom kind of met a, an ex-Lucha Lucha Libre wrestler, they used to wrestle in, I believe, in CMLL. And, um, and I guess, you know, they were, they, were, they were talking to each other. They became friends and whatnot. And uh, when the economy hit, he, he, he used to do, um, I think he used to wrestle for like 12, 13 years, like from late. 1987 to 2000, uh, he he was he was quitting the business altogether, and then he trying to pick up a craft and was like a cable repair guy or something. Mm -hmm. But then when the economy crashed in 2008, um, he he lost his job, and um, he just started, he, he didn't know what to do next. He didn't want to go back to to work in a supermarket. So what he decided to do was retrain and go back to wrestle. And um, I, I got introduced to a local lucha libre a promotion in east la it's very very small but um it's we they actually featured a lot of wrestlers from the santino brothers academy over there so that's how i got introduced to some uh rust talent over there santino's are putting out some really good people yeah recently they have really really have um as a matter of fact uh, i i met willie mack um about right when he just started his career and he was wrestling there I remember seeing Willie Mack in the crowd at PWG, like just as a fan. Yeah, yeah, he's a he's a really cool guy, you know. He's really, really awesome. As a matter of fact, uh, three years ago, I seen him wrestle Rob Van Dam at PCW in uh, Wilmington, California, and that was a great show. That was a great match, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's really, really cool. And, and I always been intrigued with with all wrestling in general, you know, especially in, in SoCal as well. 
So who are some of you? Like, let's talk SoCal wrestling. I, I I love SoCal wrestling. I'm all about it. I go to a, a bunch of indie shows all the time. And and who are some of your favorites here on in the SoCal scene? Um, right now I've I've seen I've seen Ray Rosas wrestle when um when he barely started as well, right before he got um tagged in with the with Peter Avalon. I remember him. They're wonderful together. Oh yes, it's so you know I was watching some of the archival footage and then I was just like looking at the, their matches and then just watching them. It's like oh they're 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 really funny to, you know around together to be around. So it's really cool, really cool seeing them in a match. I, um, I take my mom here in San Diego. Sorry to cut you off, but my mom's in a wheelchair and I take her to shows here in San Diego because she used to take me to shows. Now I take her to shows. <laughs> That's cool. That's giving really back. Awesome. But Ray Rosas always takes his time to come see my mom when they're doing the whole like dancing thing, and my mom oh, wow. stuffs dollars in his trunks and stuff. And he's, all, <laughs> <laughs> he's always super cool to my mom. So I'm always gonna I got a special spot in my heart for Ray Rosas. Yeah, he's a really cool guy, man. It's awesome. He's quick. He's fast. And he's just really agile in the ring, too. Fingers so, crossed he shows up on AEW with P, uh, a little PP Ray action would be awesome. Yeah, I, I would love for him to tag with uh, Peter Avalon. I, uh, I, I, I don't know if it's a sense to me, but I kind of have a feeling they might do that eventually down the road, especially since he's having since peter avalon can't even get a win against brian cutler <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't i don't think the uh, librarian's uh, much uh, gonna be around much longer yeah i i think i, I probably think that that's probably what's gonna happen so who else do you like in southern california um there was there's another wrestler um uh three years uh, i think i met him three years ago uh, douglas james Douglas James, uh, he was a former kickboxer. I think he was a world champion and was undefeated at one point in time. Mm-hmm. And then um, um, he decided to try out professional wrestling. And he went to Santino's Brothers. And uh, I believe he uh, he trained. And ever since then, I mean, he made his debut back in, I think it was 2016. And, um, and uh, you know, ever since then, I took a couple of pictures with him. I met him several times. And he was a really cool guy, you know, really cool. Um, he won that little promotion, the, the PCW Light Heavyweight Championship mm-hmm. over there in Wilmington. And, uh, yeah, he, he put on some really cool matches. And he wrestled against uh, Zack Sabre Jr., as a matter of fact. Mm. Oh, yeah. That was probably real good. It was. I was there in person. It was really awesome. <laughs> so I've only been to one PCW show, but uh, they put on they – they get a pretty good crowd there at the PCW. Yeah, um, I guess the, the the hall the hallway where they rent is a really good little venue that they have, and um, you know I, I always I always get the meet and greet tickets. <laughs> so mm. I always meet the meet up with the wrestlers, take pictures with them, you know, uh, get get some merch off of them, and then a few a few of them to sign my autograph uh, posters. I met lots of lots of talent there. I've met I met um, Rob Van Dam. I met um, Alexander Hammerstone. I met um, Tessa Blanchard. I met um, the Lucha Brothers. I also met Savio Vega, the the Puerto Rican wrestling legend. He used to be in the WWF. And then um, I I met uh, Sumi Sakai, the Joshi legend herself. <laughs> I met her. That's where I met her at too. It was one of the one of the places I met her. I met her at the uh, the Stardom thing as well at the uh, Char Expo. I met her at both places. So was that the one in Anaheim that took yeah. place back in December? Oh man, I missed it. I wanted to go to that. The problem was I was working that day and uh, uh, I couldn't get the day off. I already missed like too many days. And on top of that, I had to work overtime that day too. I was, I had a full fledged 16 hour shift. That stinks. 
I, yeah. it does. <laughs> I went to the, I went to the, cause I had to fly to, for my work, I had to fly to Georgia that evening. So I, I drove up to Anaheim in the morning. I kind of cut in line and got a picture with Mayu and, and Tam. <laughs> Oh, Don't wow. tell anybody I cut in line, but I cut in line a little bit to because I had to <laughs> I had to catch a flight, so I had to drive back to San Diego to catch a flight. But yeah. it all worked out, and I I'm looking at the pictures I got autographed by Mayu and Tam on my wall. Oh right wow! Now. Well, I would have done the same thing, except <laughs> I would have probably bribed the guy in the front twenty bucks here. Just let me cut in line. I'll be quick. <laughs> I kind of just snuck in. Nobody said anything, so it was okay. <laughs> oh okay. I just here here here's twenty dollars. Keep your mouth shut. <laughs> so you went to GCW this weekend, didn't you? Yes, I did. The last resort over in uh, Oak Canyon Park in Silverado, California, right nearby uh, Irvine. It was really, really, really awesome. And I was kind of uh, perplexed by it because, like, it was in the middle of in the middle of the mountain, the California mountains, right there. And it's just like really, really nice looking scene. And then I'm thinking to myself, shoot, I hope it doesn't get too crowded because we already know the pandemic situation going on. And especially if if you know know about what happened at the collective last week you know mm-hmm. at least uh dan the dad got tested positive and i think uh, another one had yeah, ac mac and uh tony deppin tony deppin well. did, yeah yeah but um yeah I'm, I'm so far i think they're doing okay but you know you just i always got to take care of yourself but i i just brought like a whole i, I brought like a little bottle of uh, hand sanitizer <laughs> and then i also got i somehow located uh, disinfectant spray. I somehow found a <laughs> bottle, and because it's like it's like trying to find a unicorn with its head with its with its horn up. It's you know what, but you know, it's really difficult to find those things. But somehow I found it, took it with me, kind of sprayed myself a little bit, and then they went to check my temperature, and I had my mask on, and we went. We we're good to go. But it was a really, really, really fun event, though. See, that's the only reason I didn't go. Is I'm just kind of weirded out by. I'm still worried out by groups and stuff. So I, I, that's why I didn't go to this one. I, I really wanted to, cause it's only about 45 minutes an hour away from me. And I, right. I wanted to, but cause I wanted to see uh, Dickinson and uh, see a few other people I, I, I like a lot. So, but uh, yeah, so it was a good experience for you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, as a matter of fact, it's also the most uh, uh, violent of matches that I've ever been a part of. I have, I've seen Eli Everfly who was a guest on my show uh, about two months ago. And um, he, he, he took a light bulb shot like a champ. I mean, he just mm. got cracked right in the skull. And it was just like, oh, man. And then, like, bits of the light bulbs were, like, scattered all over. And then some of the bits flew, like, right there almost every side. <laughs> it was crazy. But it was a lot of fun. Uh, fun matches. Yeah, I've gone to some shows in TJ where they do the light tubes and stuff. And they don't care down there. The, the stuff flies, like, in the fifth or sixth row down there. They don't, they don't care. Nobody's getting sued down there. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I wouldn't bet on I wouldn't I, I I haven't been in no show down there, but I would love to. But I know maybe when the circumstances is right. Diablos Espanol? Poquito. Oh, me too. <laughs> me too. So yeah. I'll take you down. I mean let, let me know if when you want to go and things get normal, I'll go down there with you. I'll take you down there. I've been down there probably fifty times. Nice, nice, awesome. I'll have to get my passport ready and see if they don't charge me an arm and a leg for it. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they well, well it's cool, you know. If you try to cross without a passport, they'll they'll charge you a quote unquote tax to let you go through and come back. Yeah, quote unquote. And yeah, something they, that they pocket themselves. Of yep, course. they pull you back in an <laughs> office and, and pay make you pay a tax. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. I mean, shoot, I haven't been to Mexico since I was I mean, since I was like thirteen. Really? Yeah, that was the first time I ever had lobster dinner. 
I love Mexico. I love I like that. Yeah, yeah. I would like to go now, especially now that I'm older. And you know, I would like to because we've gone fishing before. We've gone to the shops. We've eaten street tacos there. You know, the pastor tacos. Mm-hmm. Oh, did I ever say that I witnessed a hit and run during that time? No. <laughs> yeah, no. Some bicyclist was trying to cross the street, and some driver, some drunk driver in a truck, just hit him, and he freaking knocked him off his bike, and he ended up in the sidewalk. And uh, and uh, the driver didn't even check up on him. He just took off and went away from the scene. Unfortunately, was, unfortunately, that's Mexico. Yeah, unfortunately. And then, but little did that guy know, there was a cop car right behind him, and that cop car just went straight after him. <laughs> <laughs> and there were tech. There, well, the the bike rider was fine. He was just stitched up a little bit, but you yeah. know, it was, so it's not that bad. But you know, it shouldn't happen at all. But then, but yeah, that's how it is. We, we, my father's Mexican too, so you know he knows what's up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a gringo, so I don't know anything that's up. But I, I, I don't know. I, I grew up in Chula Vista, pretty, pretty, pretty far down south in San Diego, so I, I kind of know my way around a little bit. Oh, okay, yeah. So when Eric, when did you turn from wanting to just be a fan to wanting to create content, like to to be more than just a fan? Well, five years ago. I wanted to do something because I, 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 it's kind of somewhat of an inspiration to stories that I said say, because like you see all these YouTube videos going on and you see people reviewing food and then you see people reviewing movies and then you see people reviewing um, video games and such. Like, for example, I'm a fan of the angry video game nerd, so I like to watch his stuff and um you know, I, I noticed that he is like a foul mouth chucklehead, you know, and I just realized he, he likes to use his vocabulary in the craziest way, you know, and um, I said to myself, hmm, I don't know if it's for everyone, but imagine if I did something like that as far as reviewing wrestling pay-per-views and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So I said to myself, like, because I first started with watching, like, WCW and WWF pay-per-views. I think my videos are still around on Daily Motion, <laughs> but that was like five years ago, and um, it was like I was right way before I even thought of having a like a little podcast or anything like this in that nature. And um, I just started to just pick random shows I wanted to see, and on like the ones that were really terrible, and the ones that were really shitty so to say, pay-per-views that you have bad, a bad reception of. And then I just, you know, see how I react to it. But, you know, I mean, it, it worked for like the first couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then I stopped doing it for a little while because, like, I see that nobody was really into stuff. And then, of course, work, you know, work always got me, you know, a little bit tired. And I said to myself, oh, but I got, I was working six days in one week for like, like almost a year and a half. Mm. And um, I was like thinking to myself, I don't have time to be doing this stuff. So I stopped doing it for a while. And um, about a year and a half ago, almost two years ago, I was starting to get the inspiration because I noticed that the wrestling scenes started, you know, they started coming up with a lot of the independent wrestling and a lot of the, um, the, the most talented roster of professional wrestlers that I've, probably seen in a long time and um, not just men, but women as well. The women wrestlers, have, there's just been, sometimes they do it better than the men. And, you know, I, I said to myself, you know what? I think, 
I think in a month or two, I'm going to bring back the wrestling enthusiast. I think I'm going to do this. And um, I was making some more wrestling pay-per-view reviews up until like last year, around this point last year. And um, once again, I stopped doing it for a little while, but I was going to resume it back in this January. But then I said to myself, how about instead of doing wrestling pay-per-view reviews, why don't I just do a podcast? Mm. So it took me a couple of months to figure out the process to get into the podcasting world. And um, I was a, I was like a guest on um, someone else's um, I was, I was a, a podcast called the Rambling Alcoholics Podcast. They're another, it's like another so- Southern California um, um, podcast. They they're just like ram- they just ramble around and they talk jokes and it's a little NSFW type talk. <laughs> so you know they like to talk a lot of smack towards each other and towards a lot of things and uh, it's not really for the politically correct but i will say though um they 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 kind of advertised me and uh, that was kind of my way to open the door and then they gave me a few pointers to how to how to do it and once i started uh taking the steps that i can so i could upload my content then i was i i, I got distribution to spotify and my foot was on the door so is it something you have fun doing is, it, is that why you do it oh yes i have lots of fun doing this <laughs> <laughs> i i really enjoy I really enjoy doing these, um, these, watching, reviewing pay-per-views. I like talking about the wrestling business. Um, I like talking about the shows. And I, I hate, I don't, I mean, hate's a strong word. I, I understand that. I know. But uh, I really, really dislike it when some, some certain individuals, like, discredit um, the wrestling business. And the ones that make it look bad, I really, I really kind of, like, I don't, I don't have too much of a liking to them because I think they just try to make the whole entire wrestling business look bad, and um, I just, I'm just kind of like an advocator to, to defend the, the professional wrestling business because I love it, and I've been watching it almost all my life, so I'll try to defend it any way I can. So what in wrestling right now gets you riled up and gets you hot? WWE right now. Why? Well, okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear a rant. Okay. All right. Well, okay. Um, um, forgive me if I if I sound a little flustered. <laughs> um, okay. WWE. I don't hate it. I like it. It's just that I don't like the people that run the company. Vince McMahon. And I will give Vince McMahon all the credit that he deserves. I, I give him all the credit from the Hulkamania days, putting wrestling on a mainstream level, and putting it on the map worldwide, worldwide recognition, putting the pay-per-view so that people could pay and see the biggest matches that they could find from not only back in the day, but right now, I could definitely give him all the credit that he has done, introducing to charismatic wrestlers, the gimmicks, memorable, memorable shows. I will always give him the benefit of the doubt of that. But in recent years, he's just pissed me off, like as far as like going with the with the professional wrestling. I mean, you look at all these guys that they get from Mexico. You look at all these guys that they get from Japan. And, you know, they, they just treat them like, like crap every time they have. And, and not all the time, but, you know, you look at, look at Ricochet, for example. He had one of the best wrestling matches I ever seen when he battled against uh, Will Ospreay back in 2015, I believe. It was in New Japan. And 
it was one of the best matches that I probably have ever watched. And like, as far as like physicality, it's like one of the greatest. It's like, I, I have a little scale when I review matches. It's like, it's like a 10 point scale. I rated it 11 out of 10. It broke my own scale. That's how good it was. <laughs> so, um, but anyway, um, I know that I noticed the potential in him. I noticed in potential in, uh, what what he could do, and when NXT got him, I was like, "Oh wow, that's so cool!" But when when he after he got out of NXT, he became the North American champion and whatnot. Then he got promoted to the main roster. They just treat him like he's secondary, like he's nothing, like he's just some chump off the street or just some dude that's you know that's just you know just like oh well, he's just a small little prick, you know he's just that type of guy, you know those. That was a Vince McMahon impression, by the way. <laughs> uh, um, so I just don't like the way he is pushed. I don't like the way his, his status is on the main roster. I mean, I'll give you an example. He was he was poised to do a main event in Saudi Arabia against Brock Lesnar, and his match only lasted an hour and a half. And then after, I'm sorry, hour and a half. I'm sorry. I meant minute and a half. His match only lasted a minute and a half. And... Um, the very next episode of Monday Night Raw, he lost to some nobody for the 24-7 title. And I said to myself, you've got to be kidding me. This is no way to treat a, to treat a world-class athlete. It's just, it's just unbelievably sad, and I just feel bad for him. And I feel bad for a lot of the – I feel bad for Andrade. I feel bad for um, Humberto Carrillo. I feel bad for Kyrie Sane, and I feel bad for – you know, a lot of these guys that are uh, Drew Gulak is another one too. Uh, I feel bad for him as well. I just feel bad for a lot of these guys because I, they worked so hard for you know to 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 become a WWE wrestler, and then they come up and then they get treated like crap, and then get fed to a blockhead like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so it, it upsets me, and um, I think in I know this is the Joshi pod, <laughs> um, Kyrie Saint. Obviously, um, she's one of the. She has one of the greatest flying elbows I ever seen, mm-hmm. and um, that's a world class athlete, if anything. And they were given. They gave her the world tag, the women's tag team championship uh, with Oscar, you know, kind of time. And um, I don't like the way they were booked. Whether they were a tag team and I didn't like the way they were booked when they were champions because they barely defended that the, the women's tag team titles at all. They were they, they were just like um a few make a few pro, promos and you know that was about it. So <laughs> I mean that's not the way you treat world class athletes. And now look at what happened to her. She ended up going back to Japan. I mean I'm glad she's back there now because I think she'll probably be if he does come back and wrestle, I think she's going to be treated better. And I think um, she probably might end up in stardom again for at least a little while. So Eric, tell me about your podcast. Tell me about the, the different version. Yes, you, you told me you have a couple of different versions. Tell me about the two different versions. Well, the Wrestling Enthusiast Real Talk podcast, um, it's a it's a, like an open discussion. And by open discussion, I'm like talking about myself. <laughs> but, but no, I'm... I just give out my opinions about certain um, issues, and also I talk about, I review um, certain events that have happened during the week, and um, what it, if the event was good, if the event was uh, fun, 
if it was a or if the event was a total piece of shit and i just you know say to myself you know i'll just review it like that i'll just discuss it put it in a little bit in detail and um i'll rate i'll rate the matches i'll rate it on the 10 point scale and i'll say if uh if <laughs> if the, the show was actually really good or if the show was terrible and um that's the real talk podcast i just like to to do reviews and of course talk about certain things in in the world of wrestling um the enthusiastic review show that i do um it's an audio watch along series i put on my television um when i log on to either ww network or um or iwtv independent wrestling tv or any one of these um other um stream outlets that the showcase independent wrestling or any type of wrestling around the world i'll put it on i'll put the event on and i'll do some audio commentary and um i'll i'll like i'll do some commentary i'll do like reactions you can hear me react to certain moves you can hear me react to certain certain um spots on during the shows during the matches and whatnot and if they're cutting a promo maybe i'll i'll, I'll probably just do a quick listen in and then i'll just talk about it so I like to do those type of things, and it's just kind of like, you know, it's like radio. Like, like if you can't watch the pay-per-view, you can listen to it on radio. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Kind of like something I like to do. It's, I just, I just, I have fun doing it. Yeah, and you've done Tokyo Joshi Pro shows. You've done Stardom shows. So for yes. the Joshi fans out there, he's he's done some some Joshi shows. Yes, I have. As a matter of fact, the most recent one was, uh, of course, the Yokohama Cinderella from Stardom. Sadly, we saw TC, uh, Tokyo Cyber Squad, of course, uh, break up because of that. But, um, uh, but it was a good show. I so, loved uh, Mayuri Watani against uh, Suri. Uh, yeah. It was really fun to watch. That was a great, great match. They're both terrific. So right now, tell me who your favorite Joshi wrestler is right now. Um, is it okay if I do a top five? Yeah, please. Right now, of course, I say number one right now is Kyrie Sane, but the only I'll tell you I have an explanation why. Um, I think personally, she, for an American audience, I think she put since she got uh, recruited back in 2017 with the May Young Classic, that she put Joshi wrestling on the map, like as far as like you know, recent years. Um, mm. She she was really world class talent. She's she knows how to move. She's She's risk taking. Uh, she has a beautiful elbow drop. It's really awesome. It's um, she's she's really she's really nice uh, person. She's adorable and cute too. I think. Yes, she is. She is you know, definitely. It, it, As a matter of fact, uh, um, I went to Monday Night Raw back in Ontario, and the first match was was Oscar. You know, Kanachan. Mm -hmm. Again, because I know there's the different Oscar in Japan, but yeah. um, Kanachan, Oscar. Uh, when she fought Becky Lynch and. Um, I swore, I could have swore, because Kyrie Singh was at Ringsway. I swear when I was like recording, I, she was pointing the finger at me and was laughing at me. <laughs> I swear. I mean, you can see it. I think I have it posted on my Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm like, are you laughing at me, Kyrie? <laughs> but no, no, she's an excellent, excellent athlete. You know, she's definitely one of the top notch. Um, number two, I have to say Io Shirai. Hmm. Because um, she is so lucha like, like she is so fast. She is like, you know, she's almost like she's like quicker than a she's quicker than a cat, no doubt. 
And, um, you know, I seen her like move inside the ring, try to duck, uh, duck a couple of clotheslines. And then she does like a double backflip so fast. And she's a risk taker too. And it's so crazy. Like I have not ever seen a bad match out of Io Shirai. No. And uh, it's just, um, showcases how incredibly talented that she actually is. Um, She's so smooth, too. She's just smooth. Yes, it's so amazing. I just can't believe how, how, how um, you know, how, is, how do I say the word? Um, glam- glamorously airborne she's in when she does the, the moonsault yeah. and uh, the crossbody. She just does an excellent job. Um, I was there when I went to NXT War Games back in 2018. And when she came out and she did like a she did like a moonsault off the top rope on on top of um, Dakota Kai and um, the four horsewomen of MMA, and um, when when she did that, that was crazy. <laughs> Everyone reacted to that, but um, yeah, it's, she's amazing. She's just amazing. Um, number three, I have to say Mayu Iwatani, mm. and um, just when I when I saw. Last uh, last week when I was doing the watch along and not just the watch alongs but like other other stardom events during the five star Grand Prix during the uh, during the reopening and um, you know I just watched her um, oh yeah I I actually first discovered her about a year and a half ago when she wrestled at Ring of Honor's G1 Supercard mm-hmm. that was the one in Madison Square Garden against Kelly Klein she did awesome and I she, she was. She was a great, great wrestler, and she's just really – she does a lot of high risk as well. I give her lots of kudos. And um, let me see. Number four. Number four. I have to say Maika Satamora. Mm-hmm. She's really, really talented. She's tough, too. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I really enjoy everything everything she does inside the ring. And, of course, you know, with um, Sendai Girls, I've only seen probably like two – Sendai girl shows. I I I want and willing to watch more. It's just that kind of hard for me to get some footage because you know yeah. it gets expensive from time to time. Yep. But um, I've seen highlights. I've seen matches. I've seen full fledged matches, and she is so awesome. She is really really talented. And there's some stuff on she, WWE Network when she was like 16 years old wrestling for WCW. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I gotta check that out. And that's really that's really crazy. Was, and. It's so so awesome when Mike Maika Satamora, you know, she's really, really so cool and she's really tough too. Mm-hmm. She's a tough cookie. <laughs> um, okay, number five. Hmm. I gotta say <laughs> for number five is gonna be the character wise on this one. I have to go with Maki. Maki Ito. <laughs> you I'll know tell you, why. you know I love Maki. She, yeah, you got you know why, right? Because she gives two cans of shit about you know certain things and then she's a great singer and just you know her gimmick is so funny you know it's really it's really really hilarious and she's pretty good in the she's good in the ring too she's getting a lot better yeah and and the more i've seen her the more i watch the better she is it seems like every time she her matches are getting better and better i i yeah i i would like to have her on my podcast one day (laughs) that'd that'd be really cool i i i I said i would email her and probably tell her hey i'll get you some monster <laughs> <laughs> Nah, she's she's super cool she was i was very thankful she did the, the podcast uh, with me in english it was pretty neat yeah that's awesome i hope i do that one day but you know but yeah maki ito she's really cool 
So you, before we wrap up here, you said you've done some interviews on your podcast. You said Eli Everfly. Do, do you enjoy doing interviews? Yes, I, I have a lot of fun. Um, um, definitely with, um, with Eli Everfly and also um, former uh, May Young classic participant. And um, she's currently at MLW, um, Zeta Zhang. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, she was a guest on my show too. Well, I always followed her on Instagram. She made a few appearances on at PCW Ultra, but she couldn't wrestle. She was supposed to wrestle against Sumi Sakai at one point. Um, unfortunately, she uh, got an ACL injury. Mm. And uh, when that happened, uh, she, um, she she couldn't wrestle. But um, she was at the meet and greet booth, and she was over there selling merch. And I went to take a picture with her. I bought some merch off of her. I bought a Funko Pop off of her. Oh, cool. And, yeah, she got it autographed and everything. So it was, it was really, really cool. I didn't realize how cool of a personality she is. And uh, she's actually really awesome. That's awesome. All right, Eric, where can we find you on social media, buddy? I'm on Facebook. I'm on, on Instagram. Um, um, Twitter, but however, for some reason, Twitter, they're acting stupid and shitty. But but I, rec- I created a backup account. Um, I should be uh, – I should plug that up, but it should be there soon. Just type in Wrestling Enthusiast, and I'll pop right up. My logo will be right there. And um, um, I'm also on Spotify. Uh, check out the Wrestling Enthusiast Real Talk podcast. I got um, 37, thir- actually, no, 38 episodes, actually. <laughs> and, um, 44 episodes. The 45th one will be released tomorrow. And, um, yeah, you can check out those audio watch-alongs of, exclusively on Spotify. The other distributions, of course, is also on Spreaker, Spreaker.com, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Gile Savin, which is an international um, podcast app and Deezer, and of course, Google Podcast. So whatever, whenever you guys like to listen to me rant and rave, <laughs> you guys could go ahead because, you know, like I said, I love professional wrestling. Can I say something real quick? Please. Hey, Vince, you're a dick. <laughs> okay, I, I, I promise I won't do that anymore. No <laughs> I'm a nice guy. I'm a nice guy. Don't worry about it. I'm a nice guy. I just love professional wrestling. <laughs> Eric, thank you so much for being on the podcast and I uh, wish you best of luck with your podcasts and your Thank you very much, That's Eric. Wrong, I really appreciate it. That's <laughs> why I cut you off right there. No, you're good, but, man. <laughs> uh, thank you so much. All right, brother. Take care, man. All right, you too. Thanks. <laughs>